Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, it's your girl Shanice, checking in with you with another episode of Power Book 3, Raising Canaan. We are moving on along, episode 3, titled Stick and Move. Um, This episode wasn't as strong as the other two. It kind of was more like um, what I like to call filler episodes, Um, character development. We learned more about the characters. So it really wasn't a lot to discuss, but I'm going to break it down as best as I can. Won't have you here too long. And on that note, let's hurry up and get into the show. Shanice and she's the one. Her name is Shanice and she's the one. So this episode opens up and it just goes straight into the corner bus. We see that they busting some dudes out on the corner and we see it's our boy Scrappy, uh, Kanan's babysitter, and he's running and Omar Epps is out of breath chasing him. And the whole time I was watching it, it took me back to remember when Mike Epps was Q and he was running him and him and uh him and Bishop was running from the police and juice and how he was just outshining them and they was hopping them fences and doing all them double takes and everything. And it was just like just kind of like nostalgic to see Omar Epps now he's the cop running and can't catch up with the younger version. If you go back and watch Juice and you watch him and Bishop running, you'll see where I'm coming from. So I just kind of got a kick out of that. And you know, the dude he wipe off his J's and act like it's nothing and they get the rest of the dudes down. Then we go to the next scene, and we see Rock and Symphony. They still getting it on to Jodeci. She don't have a care in the world about the Wiz. It's just they getting their freak on, okay? And after that, we see now that a couple days has passed because now we're in Kanan's room and he is looking at D-Wiz obituary, which I kind of hate that they did it that way. I wish sometime I, I want a little more uh, character development and just to see like certain reactions. I wanted to see how he acted when he found out the news because, you know, clearly he still doesn't have a clue of what what what's ha- what happened to his boy. Eventually, of course, he's going to find out as he's bec- he becomes more knowledgeable in the game, but he's still a rookie. He still ain't got his feet all the way wet. He just made his first sale in this episode. So as much as he thinks he knows about the game, he really don't. You know, um, he don't know as much as he thinks. So he's there, and you can tell he's he's just looking at the obituary. He's probably thinking it's his fault, like it's payback, and, you know, now they're coming after him. So he walks downstairs and, you know, he looks at Symphony and Symphony got his shirt off. He all on the computer, which was kind of strange in two different things, because um, I'm like, I heard a couple people say, and I don't know if I really go with this, um, this prediction. But one prediction was maybe this could be kind of like ghost daddy because he kind of puts you in a mind of ghosts and he's kind of like, you know, running a nightclub. It's not his club, but he's kind of running it. And we know ghost daddy did run a nightclub back in the day where they're saying that this could be undercover. Like he could be, um, you know, undercover agent. And if he is, and if she got, stuff my mind goes when he's on her computer he could be acting like he's a college student and going through some computer to get some files so who knows that was just a a little theory that was out there could be based off nothing and um 
when I seen Kanan go off of him, go off on him, it gave me baby boy vibes. Remember when <laughs> when uh, Jody walked in and seen uh, what's his name Marvin in the in the in the kitchen butt naked? That's the kind of vibe it gave me. He kind of gave him like a little soft G check and rock. She tells him like, "This is my house," and kind of flips on Symphony too. And you know that wasn't cool. You know he was he was trying to be cool and just letting him know like you know don't 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 go off rock. If that was me and I you know woke up with some strange dude in my mom's crib and she like I'll handle my son. You stick the concrete. Okay, rock. We hear you. But that happened with that and she like she taking him to school. They get in the car. Um, she's like you need to be at school. I'm getting reports that you like ain't doing good whatever whatever she looks at his shoes and he has the r.i.p.d whiz on his shoes so clearly the boy is hurting he just lost his his best friend and to this game that was really his fault for jumping in something he had no idea what he was getting into and you know she's probably frustrated because she had the that put her business all the way in 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 trouble you know dean we 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 see dean later he not want to mess with her and put her at war with unique where she had to give up her corners so you know he he hasn't made her life easier with this mistake he's made as well but it also this scene also showed us where and in the future we see where canaan get his heartless side from because rock don't have no heart and when you in the game like like she is you can't have no heart, especially when you're a woman. You know, it's basically a male-dominated game, especially back in the 80s. We had, you know, of course, we had our crack dealers. We had our women drug dealers, but it was mainly male-dominated. Um, even in the Columbia side, we had Blanca, but it wasn't a whole bunch of Blancas. You know, it was 20, 30 times more Pablos than it was Blancas. So, yeah, to be a woman, you had to show you one about no shit. So, of course, she had the the only person she always says is just me, her and Kanan against the world. So then we go to the police precinct and we see um, Officer Howard and the rookie cop. They're getting, you know, told off by the captain. He's like, look, we have two dead bodies. They're teenagers. One of them was a, a basketball star. So we find out D. Wiz was nice with the dribble. So we see that he was a basketball player. He had other things going on for him before him and Kanan went and killed Buck 20. And he could have had a chance, but, you know, so when it's two teenagers, that's something different. So it ain't just like two drug dealers out there, even though they were um, one of them was a drug dealer. Um, it's two teenage boys who were enrolled in school. It's not like they were dropout. So, of course, they're going to take this more serious. And the newspaper is going to read like D. Wiz was a basketball player and et cetera, et cetera. So it's not looking good. And um, the girl, she kind of, the rookie, she kind of tells all my reps, like, look, I'm, I'm tired of following your league. Um, you, you sitting on your ass, basically. I'm ready to do my job. And he kind of goes back off, goes back off on her. Like, look, you could have been a nurse, blase, blase. <laughs> but they kind of go back and forth, and um, she, she's still, she's still holding her own. She's ready to do her damn job. But you know, he tells her like he knows this neighborhood. He knows how to do his job. He knows how things move around here. It's different politics on how you move around here. You can't just come and just thinking you about to show your badge and get all the answers. It's certain ways you have to move and maneuver. Of course, we see that he knows exactly what he's doing, but he also plays both sides and he's a dirty cop as well. 
But then he goes into the doctor and we see that he has leukemia. So that was the reason he wasn't able to, you know, he was losing his breath like that and unable to keep up with um, Scrappy when Scrappy was running from him. And then we see, um, we go to the next scene and we see his jukebox and her girlfriend. And they're walking and talking and take you back to the old school days when they go into the mall and make a video. <laughs> That's back in some early 90s stuff right there. So we also see Jukebox um, girlfriend can sing as well. So I'm wondering did they meet like in a music class or whatever? Because I don't remember them touching base on where exactly they met it. I could have skipped over that part or missed it myself. Um, somebody let me know. I could that could have been a mistake on my own that I didn't catch. But uh, they're basically singing and having a good time. Her daddy Marvin. It goes to him. He goes into the club. He see his new boo. Um, the publicist um, chick, the dog's mother. And, um, you know, she thanks him and going down, she end up going down on him. I'm wondering, is Marvin really about to fall for this chick? Or I'm wondering, is he trying to get over that club? I'm wondering, is Marvin as dumb as we've been thinking he is? He might got something up his sleeve and might be trying to take over that club. Or he could just be being marvin because we see marvin is a trip i don't really know that where that's where that's going at first i was thinking maybe it was gonna be a downfall with him messing with this girl but he might know what he's doing and might try to take over this club because and try to end up making this his own um sales spot where he does this because they already got the bodega and they're getting that set up but i'm wondering is he about to try to take over and make this club his by rock don't really give him a chance too much he always got to go through her for everything so he might not be as dumb or as simplified as we thought he was and he might surprise us and lulu might end up being the surprise um we go back to the trap house and we see Kane is still getting babysitted by Scrappy. Scrappy telling him what happened. Um, Kane is asking him, uh, did you hear what really happened to D Wiz? And, you know, he run the same storyline that everybody else has been telling them. And Kane is like, yeah, I heard that too. So they just sitting there playing a the game. And then jukebox and her goes to jukebox and her girlfriend nicole and they say goodbye and we pretty much know something is going to happen eventually because her um her friend says um be, be careful what if you get caught so we can already tell something is going to happen they don't just put those in the show and no nothing happens so she's basically trying to tell her like come with me you don't need to do this and jukebox ain't trying to hear that so she gonna meet up with her crew and then we go back to canaan at the trap house and we see that he's called davina over there and scrappy is like hold on what you doing you don't bring nobody over here so you got to pay attention to the small things that they say. So I'm wondering in the future, we see Davina and Kanan is kind of feeling each other and he already feels bad for killing Buck 20. But I'm wondering after she finds out what he did, is she going to end up telling Unique where that, uh, where that little hideout spot is at? Because remember, they, they, hide, they hide in that particular house, especially um, for Kanan to hide out at. So 
Um, I don't think it was no coincidence because she ain't dumb to the game. Um, I believe they haven't really got too much into it, but I think her mom probably is on something. And then she she definitely was messing with Buck 20, so she know more than what she say. Um, she's just not like the real good innocent girl. Um, so she like, this look like a crack house. So if she get pissed off enough, which I'm not saying they're going to go that with her character, they could go either two ways. They could kind of turn her into with vengeance is hers when she find out he killed buck 20 or they could kind of take it to way that i think they're going to go with that's um because it's kind of based on 50s life so it's kind of i'm wondering they're gonna make it like his long-term girlfriend that turns into his baby mama so i don't know you know it, it can go either way i don't think they brought that in for nothing so we get to the next scene and rock um she goes and she meet up with Dean. I think I skipped over that at first. So she go meets Dean and we see Dean. He's the connect guy who has the connect with Tijuana. And that's funny that they mentioned Tijuana because um, Tijuana um, dealers mainly deal with a lot of people in in California, per se. Remember, we're covering Narcos too. So we covering the Tijuana plazas as we're watching this as well. So that was kind of strange that they, they said Tijuana, even though Tijuana was getting around. And by this time, it is the 90s. So a lot of stuff that we've been covering in um, Tijuana and Mexico, that's in the 80s. So that could have been true or they could have just threw that in there. Who knows? But I just thought that was interesting. She goes to meet with Dean. Dean cut her off because it's too hot for her. He like, all your blocks is getting hot. Ain't nothing going on. We unique. I ain't trying to get in your mess. And she basically plays it right. She like, um, look, Dean. It just ain't his turn yet. She kind of figures everything out. She pulls his mans to the side, offers her some money to go ahead and let her know to drop on Dean when he's about to get his his package and his re-up from her. So you can tell she has a plan in motion, and he goes on and accepts. Then we go into the next scene, and we see Officer Howard and Rock meet up, and she basically drops the dime on Unique for when his re-up is going down and we see officer howard is playing both sides um it also looks like it's a little bit of history there i'm not saying like a sexual history or relationship past but <clears throat> it looks like it's a little bit of history there it could be with her ex who got her in the game maybe that he was affiliated with him some type of way who knows but i think it's gonna be way more to come out about officer howard um uh, we go and we see the um jukebox they run up in the truck her and her crew <clears throat> when they're doing their robbing one of the dudes he loses his mind he just get to doing too much to the security guard beating his ass and juke kind of tells him to stop they get to arguing and but also juke has her mask down the guy looks her dead in her face so we don't know how that's gonna go we know it's not gonna do too much because jukebox we already seen her in power she become a cop so we know too much not finna happen to juke like that we, we already know that we know that her and Kanan is going to be straight the people who we don't know who's going to go through is like people like they boy um what's his name what is his name famous and then like the uncles and the moms that's the ones who characters we gotta watch with Kanan and jukebox we got we just gotta worry about the development that turned them so cold it's in them mainly especially in juke we can already see it in her but Kanan he not just like this hard nigga that we see in power so 
that's the only two things that we have to worry about with them two is what turned them to cold. The characters that we have to worry about, their demise or what's going to happen to them is Rock, Lulu and Marvin, and, you know, the other people. We know Kanan and Jukebox, they're going to be straight into, you know, power <laughs> season four. Also, we get to the next scene now, and we have Lulu, and he must have hooked up with Famous Girl. Famous must have passed the message, and he met up with Jessica. They go into the studio, Bulletproof Records, and we see that Lulu got some knowledge when it comes to instruments and a little bit of the music game. And he mentions that his dad used to do some of this stuff, so um, we probably get a little history about their pops. Um, we see Crown, and that's actually Quincy, Puffy's and Puffy's son, but, you know, I'll be sure biological son. And I was definitely getting some I'll be sure vibes from him. He looked at just like him. And I'm, I'm sure that we're going to see a lot more of Crown. So pay attention to Quincy's character Crown as the, um, the guy in the studio, Bulletproof Records. We seen Lulu was getting a little jealous. Um, Jessica putting a lot of attention but she basically was trying to sell you know famous like he's a rapper or whatever so i think it's gonna be way more to come out of that and moving right along this was kind of like a duel um parallel scene we seen uh Kanan, he had the key to Jukebox House. He goes in there and he see we see Marvin going through all through her stuff. Uh, it's definitely going to be more to come out of that. He, how he was just going through her stuff like he was looking for something. And then he like, how you get the key? So they basically end up talking to each other. He gives Kanan some, um, some crack, some coke, let him know what to do with it. And, you know, tell him not to tell Rock. And then he, Kanan promises him that he'll look out for him when it comes to Rock, you know, put a good word in for him. But then we have like a parallel scene and Jukebox is in Kanan's house with an, having a heart to heart with Rock, which was nice to see because they're like the only two women in the family. So it was good to see that they have each other back like that. And they're talking about like how happy they are. She's hiding clothes out there because we clearly we can see Marvin goes through all her shit. So um, she wasn't able to take all that stuff home. We go to the next scene and we see Rock putting on an Oscar Award performance, honey, about D. Wiz acting like she care. She, her and Kanan going to his mama house. She praying with the mama. Just some straight street shit and how it go for real. I mean, she grabbing a lady hand. She crying. She praying. She kissing Kanan. Kanan crying. That scene was a bit much. We go to the next scene and we see Lulu and Jessica um she's talking to him like you can do it giving him you know the girlfriend speech the streets you're better than this you can go i see it in your eyes and uh they're talking and they get to kissing so like i said i think it's gonna be way more to come how everybody was thinking it was gonna be marvin marvin might be a little bit smarter than what we think and he might be trying to take over that club lulu might end up getting sucked into hearing what jessica gotta say and end up trying to get into the studio life and leaving that alone and i think it's gonna be some drama with crown i'm just, i don't really know it's just a little prediction of mine i could be all the way wrong um we see at the end the police set up malcolm was trying to warn them fools do not let the <laughs> the fog get in the van and they end up catching up uh catching on that it was like 5-0 behind them because of how the foggy the van was they end up peeling off somebody end up getting killed by the other police car so 
at the end, it was kind of like a funny scene because you've seen the corners is busted up because they, they with the bus. And then you see Unique just rolling down the street. And as he's rolling, he's rolling up. And they're rolling up looking at him, me mugging each other. You got Marvin and Lulu on one side and him in the next side. So we know that um, it's going to be some. It's gonna be something next season. I mean, ne- not next episode, not next season. So like I said, this wasn't the most strongest episode at all. It was more like what you call like a filler episode where they're doing character development. They're kind of letting you in on a little bit of more of the character's development. Of course, like I said, it did kind of open our eyes where Marvin might not be what we thought and Lulu might be what we thought. Who knows? We'll see. They introduced Crown to us. Uh, we see where Kanan gets his 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 heartless side from. Cause remember, Kane Kane Kanan was a motherfucker. <laughs> you know, he he was he was something. So we see where he gets that from. Um, I was talking to my cousin earlier. She mentioned that she's like, when are they gonna bring on Ghost and uh and Tommy? And a lot of people are just ready for them to bring on Ghost and Tommy. This is not about Ghost and Tommy. I don't even think we're gonna see them. We probably not see them until. If we do see them, it probably will be season two. They have already been picked up for season two. But remember, uh, Ghost and Tommy are supposed to be much younger than Kanan. So they didn't start working for him. He didn't start teaching them the game. And he was older and they were teenagers then. And so right now he don't even have his feet wet in the game. I mean, he's killed... uh, Buck 20, he just made his first sale at the park, and Juke had to tell him and teach him how to do that. So he don't know nothing yet to teach them. So this is more about him and his family. I'm thinking in season two, he'll be way more advanced, and then we might see a little young ghost in Tommy, who I'm waiting for them to introduce is Breeze. Remember, he used to hustle with Breeze Heavy, and that was the first guy who Ghost ever killed. So I'm waiting for that. Um, another uh, one of my homegirls who do comment- commentary as well, um, she was thinking, she was like, this is just so predictable. She's going to keep watching it. Um, I really li- I really like it myself. I just think this episode was a little slower. And, of course, we're going to have those. Fifth ain't never really let us, he, he ain't never let us down in one of his shows before. So I have faith in it. I think it's so predictable to people like us um, who really know about especially like the jamaica queens era if you know about it it, it does kind of come off a little predictable just because we've done so much research on it before and we watch get rich or die trying and it's more like a continuation for that but don't sleep on fifth i know it'll pick up it's like but if you know so much about the Jamaica Queen story, yeah, I, I can get where, where people are coming from. But I think that it'll pick up. I believe this was just more of a filler episode. Like I said, we know what's going to happen with Juke and um, Kanan. We got to just follow the uh, Officer Howard. Um, see what Omar Epps character brings. See what Quincy as playing as Crown brings. Seeing what the uncles and the moms going to do. So that'll be interesting as well. Seeing what the story behind Breeze is. You know, seeing how seeing what turned Jukebox because Jukebox was worse than Kanan. So seeing what made her turn cold. So like I said, I'm enjoying it. I'm definitely going to stay and tuned in and support uh, as well and see what happens. I I see the next episode. I uh, read the 
uh, previews on and watched a little um, skit and it looks like it's going to be picking more steam up on the next episode as well. So on that note, I tried to kind of go through this really fast. I didn't want to have you on here too long because I know my Narcos podcast was a little lengthy last night. So I will check back in with you guys next week and we will recap episode four um, and see how that was. I get, That one will probably be a little bit better. And on that note, it's your girl, Shanice. I am out. Don't forget you can follow me on IG, Alicia Shanice. Same as Facebook. Follow my playlist if you have Spotify on your phone or app or whatever. I've got some dope-ass playlists on there. Check me out. Every genre. I'm talking about old school, new school, etc., etc. So follow me on there. All of my playlists start with Shanice Loves, and then it has what the um, genre is and what type of music it is. So on that note, it's your girl Shanice, and I'm checking out now.